Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, indeed, there is. Welcome to Rescue Radio. And um, and to all of you who are listening tonight and those who will be joining us through the week, we just want to bless you. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you, Lord, to consider your word, to be encouraged in your word, that you, Lord God, are faithful to your word. And it doesn't really matter what the devil does or says. Yes, it does in a way, but it's really When all is said and done, Lord God, it will be your word that will prevail and remain. So I thank you, Father, for your your faithfulness. I thank you for keeping us tonight, covering this uh, broadcast with your peace, your power, your blood, your protection, that it will be clear, concise, that the people will be encouraged in their hearts, that I would speak clearly as the oracles of God, and that people will be emboldened to call in and ask questions or to join us in the dialogue tonight. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name for your salvation that you have so freely given us in that that is a, a place, a thing that does not change. Lord, that is a constant and a steady promise to us in the midst of all of this other stuff that moves and turns and tips upside down. We just give you praise that you are the anchor of our souls and that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So comfort and protect us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to just do a little uh, solo flying here tonight because Jerry has been taking, took an assignment on another uh, part of the battlefield for a couple of days and so he's out of town and you're welcome to call in we'd love to have you call in tonight it's a nice time to do that Um, otherwise you have to just listen to me steady Uh, the number is 347-215-8051 even if we don't acknowledge you in the chat room we might be having a little chat room difficulty but we can still take your calls 347-215-8051 And tonight we're going to be talking about caught in the lies you did not tell. Caught in the lies you did not tell. Well, you know, we always think of lies as telling lies. You know, you tell a lie to protect yourself and believe a lie that you can stay out of trouble by telling a lie. But a lot of us are in more trouble for the lies that we believe than the lies that we tell. Uh, And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. And he also said, what the heart is full of the most speaks. So, if your heart is full of confusion and doubt and, and, and you know trying to figure things out through the five senses that God has given you and through what things look like out there and what people say and throwing it all together and the opinion polls and everything else, you're going to come up with such a hodgepodge of stuff that it's more than likely going to be contaminated with lies. So tonight we're going to look at some of those lies. I, I think it's, I mean, I kind of like, it seems like I keep beating this thing over and over and over. Jesus said... You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And we say, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm," and then we just go on and eat our sandwich and jump in the car and run off to work and do whatever. We don't really ponder how the enemy has set up this world system on every level, in every dimension, even dimensions you and I don't participate in every day or even maybe believe exist. He has set up this world structure to, to fortify the lie, the illusion, the fantasy, uh, to bring about that we're the target. 
he's come to bring about discouragement and accusation to the real believers in Jesus Christ. So first thing we need to understand in this war is the context of the war. You know, I mean, obviously in a natural war, you know there are certain areas, you know, whether it's countries or nations or regions or, you know, situations where there is the battle is going on. So you call that the war zone. Well, here the war zone is everywhere and in it's it, and everything is incorporated into it. And But we don't need to be paranoid. We just need to be aware. Um, and so tonight we're going to be looking at some of the lies and we're going to be looking at the Word of God. Uh, and we're hoping to be listening to some of the things you have to say as well. So what are some of the lies that we believe? Well, there are some pretty generic, basic, general lies that the enemy wants to get us to believe, endorse, embrace act on, and he plants those lies in our hearts. He programs them in our souls. They're part of the body of death operating software, as I call it, that was downloaded into the human soul at the fall in the Garden of Eden. And Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7, of course, and I'm doing the things I don't want to do. Well, the reason he was doing the things he didn't want to do is because he was the enemy was trying to entice him, allure him, and engage him in debates with himself. I'm no good. I'm bad. I'm inferior. Um, I'm alone. I'm abandoned. I'm unloved. I'm responsible. Um, I'm on my own. Uh, there's no point, no point to my life. Um, you know, I've, I'm too far gone or it's too far gone. Everything's hopeless. You know, that's all exactly the kind of mental assault, psychological warfare that the devil wants to um, send against the believer. And there is no way, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that you are not a target of the enemy. The enemy is real, and one of the first things you need to realize is that he is real, and he doesn't like you, and he hates you. He wants to kill you, destroy you, because you still have what he doesn't have. You still have an option or an opportunity to be saved if you're not saved yet and a human being. But if you are saved, the devil hates you because he sees you as an enemy. He sees you as one who he's um, uh, not... He hates. He, you're in his way. As a matter of fact, I uh, he, he calls us the rebellious ones. You know, rebellious against what? Well, against him and his goal. What is the devil's goal? Well, his goal is to get his way. And in the beginning, he said, "I will ascend to the sides of the of the mount of the of the Most High God. I will be as God. I will sit in the throne of God." So he wants to be God, and uh, he wants. And you know what he's doing to try to get to that position is he's bullying everybody. He's bribing some people. He's bullying them. He, he gives them false promises. He intimidates others. And those who are believing him are being taken out by him. And, you know, ultimately they have lost and will lose everything. And, you know, his, his threats don't appear to be threats. That's one of the lies that um, you might be believing is that it's not that bad out there. We can still work with this. There's still some good in this. And we can still, you know, salvage something of the world system. Really, you know, that's what the social gospel believes, that we can just be good and everybody eventually will be good. No, 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 that's not, not at all what Jesus said. Jesus said when he comes back, will he even find faith on the earth? And so let's look at some of the lies. And really seriously, let the Holy Spirit who dwells in you, if you're a believer, let the Holy Spirit talk to you tonight. We may not have a ton of time left, you know, whether it's weeks or months or years, we just may not have a ton of time left to be able to talk and listen uh, like this and, and, and engage in these kinds of conversations. 
So let the Holy learn this. Learn the truth. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And a lot of people are really, the, one of the first lies you believe is, I don't know. Who is God? I don't know his will. What does he sound like? How do I know the will of God? Your churches are teaching you to not know what you already know. You did not go to school to learn how to breathe. You can't wait until you understand the breathing apparatuses and and the lungs and the capacity of the lungs and oxygen. You cannot wait until you understand that in order to breathe. You just breathe. You just know. Same with your your eyes. You don't you can you you don't have to wait to see. You don't have to sign up to see. You don't have to enter in a contract or an agreement. God just created your eyes to see. And thank God for those of us whose eyes see. That's a very great gift indeed. But see, the thing is, the devil wants you to make sure that that you're you're uh, you're unassured. You're, you're, you lack that assurance, you're ambivalent, you're tentative, especially when it comes to spiritual things, that you don't know anything. You have to go to some expert who knows something. And the expert is the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, who dwells inside of you. So let's look for a minute at Hebrews, because we really want to understand, you have to, have, to, have to understand the context of the war. The devil is real. We talked about that the last couple of weeks. Who is the devil? Well, If you don't put the devil in the equation, nothing adds up, nothing calculates and comes out to the right answer. Nothing is explained because it all turns around and becomes just a mess. Like man is depraved, God is depraved, you know, whatever. But you put the devil in the equation and realize he is very hateful beyond evil. I mean, you know, some of the things he has been doing and has people do are just beyond. You don't even want to talk about it. It's so insidious. But some of the things he's doing are very cunning and we're getting sucked into his, his stories, his, his fantasies, whatnot. So if you have a Bible, you want to join us, or you can just listen along. We'll start with Hebrews chapter 1. I'm just going to skip around. I'm going to kind of go through a couple of chapters here. But it says, God, who at various times and in different ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So much better than the angels. This is all still one sentence, by the way. As he has, by inheritance, obtained a more excellent name than they, period. Okay, so this is a lot. God has spoken to us. In the Old Testament, he spoke through the prophets. And one of God's biggest complaints, I mean, the, they were always veering off the road. They were always getting in trouble. They were always believing the lies. They were always falling for the tricks of the devil. And God said in Hosea chapter um, 4, he said, verse 6, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Um, He's saying there's consequences to ignorance. Um, They had forgotten. They didn't know. The vision to them was not clear. The prophets came from time to time and brought a little, you know, a little peek into the eternal vision. But if you look in the Old Testament, they knew very little. They knew a lot less than what we know right now, what we know today. Their picture was very dimly lit and very small in terms of eternal destinies, purposes, kingdom, 
the kingdom of God and whatnot. So when Jesus came finally to bring forth the true unfolding of the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God and our part in this kingdom, it was a shocking, wonderful, hopeful, unbelievable promise. The kingdom of God had come and it came in. Jesus came with peace and goodwill towards men, even though men were not very peaceful and did not have much goodwill towards him. So he spoke in the times past to the fathers by the prophets. Now, sometimes we still think, well, I don't know anything. I've got to have God. You know, I mean, somebody else has to tell me. And, I, you know, uh, I've been I hear a lot of people. They talk to me about a lot of different things, their experiences and whatnot, a lot of stories. And I I just I get sort of um, shocked, but not really, because it's not shocking anymore. But how the even in the churches, the messages that are being presented, you know, it's like this. If they give you one or two good messages, maybe three in a row, and then the fourth one is kind of a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a deception, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of laced a little bit with rat poison. But, you know, he's still a pretty good preacher. And for the most part, we're sort of still on track. And by the way, I don't really want to get up and make waves. My friends are there. It's kind of a good old boys club. And, you know, it, it still works for me. And we're we're just being lulled by the frog and the kettle, not jumping out in time because there's still it's not still that unbearable. We don't rise up in, with indignation and say, what are you, preacher, what are you saying? Because you know why? Because we don't even know what the Word of God is saying ourselves. And so what we do is we just kind of hang in there. We don't make waves. We don't back out. And we're being saturated, inundated, deceived with all of the cunning lies of the enemy who is sending those lies through the people who are sent to lead us, the, the church leaders, the spiritual fathers. So when Jesus came, what did he first run into? He ran into a whole bunch of these kind of people who had pretty much re- reinvented all of what God had said, the commandments, the laws, the, the hope of Israel, into their own kind of little um, business, corporation. I mean, it was like a corporation. I think the churches today that are 501c3s and they're under the mandate of the um, American government are not under the first authority, which would be God. And so you have their businesses. They have boards of directors. They have trustees. They don't have elders. You know, they don't have deacons for the most part. They might call them that, but really they run on their, their you know, Robert's Rules of Order kind of thing. It's kind of, you know, slipping away from the spiritual, dynamic, life-giving power, the miracle-working power of the Book of Acts. I mean, if your church looks like the Book of Acts, stay there. If it doesn't look like the book of Acts, don't be deceived. That's not what, but that's a lie. One of the lies we believe, lies we're caught in that we don't think are lies, that we have bought and given the, uh, the place or position of being the truth in our life. And so we're just not asking the right questions. We don't want to, you know, like I said, rock the boat. Okay, so God sent Jesus Christ to bring, he appointed Jesus Christ to be the heir of all things. Through him, he also made the world. Well, these are a couple very important and interesting statements. He appointed him to be the heir of all things. What does that mean? Well, that means that when Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, and there was a little discussion about kingdoms, and the devil says, will you fall down and worship me? I'll give you this. That was a bribe. Jesus didn't take it. Because Jesus knew 
that if he kept true to God, which he was planning on doing, he was going to be the heir of all things. He was going to be the supreme ruler over all the kingdoms of the world. And, and it says God made him. The worlds were made through him. He was the means by which God made the world. Um, this could mean there were other ages, worlds. We don't know. But all we know is that all of them were, uh, through, were brought into being through the word. And Jesus was already known as the word in heaven. He became carnate, incarnate, had a body, took on the form of a man. That's called incarnation. But in the beginning, when he was the second person, and still is, of course, of the Trinity, he was called the Word. And it was the Word, through the Word, that God spoke into being things come, coming into existence. Now, notice, he has also given us that creative power. There's death and there's life in the power of your tongue. And that goes back to lies. What are the lies you're telling? What are the lies you're believing? What are the things you're endorsing with your mouth? Because that gives power to that thing, to come into being and to act in your world. Things like, I'm no good, I'm, I'm stupid, I'm never going to make it, God's not there for me, I give up, the word's too hard, I, I'm confused, I don't know. That's all coming out of your soul prompted by the teleprompters of hell. You don't have to know everything to know the truth. The truth is that what the word of God says is true. I don't know everything. I don't know how many snowflakes fell this last couple of days on my farm here. But I do know it's snow, and I do know it's cold, and I do know it came from God, and I do know that the word of God is still true. And so going back to what he says here, this is awesome. If you would seriously, people, there's no bigger favor that you can do for yourself and your family and your business and your life than to read the word of God for yourself. I know. Do you get this? You probably, I'm probably preaching to the choir. At least some of you are in the choir, I suppose. But, you know, you can never read too much of it, really, because every more, the Holy Spirit's got more to show you. It's just wonderful. Um, so he says here, So who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. So you think things are falling apart and out of control. And it sure does look like that. But again, we go back to God saying, My people perish for lack of knowledge. What is the bottom line truth on that? For some of us, I think the devil really wants to push us into the place of despair, anxiety, so that we give up, throw up our hands and say, you know what, forget it. You know, all I'm going to do is just hold on. If Jesus gets here, he gets here. If he doesn't, oh, well, maybe I'll. That's, you can't do that. This is your eternal destiny at stake here. There's plenty to do and good things to do and powerful things to do. And Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So, Come on, call me. Talk to me. It's my number here is 347-215-8051. I know some of you are listening. I really appreciate that. But, you know, it would be great if we could heat up the discussion a little bit, challenge, get to know what's really going on in our hearts and minds because what the heart is full of the mouth speaks. Ears are good, too, good for listening. But anyway, so he says he is the image of God. Now, God very clearly said in Genesis, a very, very important statements in Genesis, by the time you get to the that book, finish that book, you pretty much got the whole thing down, what really is going on. But he said, God said he made man in his image, male and female, just to make sure we got that part, male and female, he created them in his image. So Jesus Christ is made in the image of God and came down onto the earth in the express image of God to declare the truth of God. That was his purpose. That was his will. That was what he delighted to do. So he himself came to do what? Still in that first sentence to purge our sins. 
How are we trying to purge our own sins? What kind of confession, repentance, list of, of whatever, you know, your goody two-shoes list, I call it. You know, check the boxes. Yep, I did go. I went to church. Yep, I did this. Yep, I did that. Yeah, I did my good deed for the day. Yep, I, you know, whatever. You're, that's your goody two-shoes box. You don't, it's not done by uh, a list of things. It's, a, it's out of the heart. It's, it's the heart expressing your love for God by being and doing by being. And out of being comes doing. That's where the doing belongs at the end. He's the cart, not the horse. The doing comes out of being. As you abide in Christ, the fruit comes out of the branch. It comes not out of the trunk. It comes out of the branch. And the branch that gets cut off does not have any fruit on it. So you need that life-giving sustenance from the trunk, which is Jesus Christ. So we're going to be uh, made in the image of God, purged our sins. He sat down, sat down. Where's Jesus Christ right now? Sitting down at the right hand of the Father. Is he ner- nervous? Is he nervous about what's going on here? Well, you know what? I, 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 I know he's not. I know he's not. Because of the fact that he knows from the very beginning. He knew everything. He knew how it was going to go down. He knew what was going to happen. He knew, who, he knew how the enemy was going to work with us to try to destroy and undo everything that God's love had built up in us. Yeah, so we know that Jesus is sitting down at the right hand of the Father in the majesty on high, having become much so much better than the angels. Now, angels, yeah, there's another, there's another piece to put in the puzzle. Angels, where do the angels come from? Where do the, the angels are part of this masterpiece. They are good angels, there are bad angels, very bad angels sometimes. But the good angels are still there too. And they're there to do the bidding, minister to the, 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 the sons and daughters of God. He says he makes his, in, his angels, in verse 7, ministers a flame of fire. So he is using angels to protect his people in the midst of this rough, hostile, um, let's see. Would you, do they want to talk to me? Okay, sure. Sure, come on on. We'd love to talk to you. Is this Teresa? Hi, this is Teresa. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm great. And this is our first time listening to your radio and very very good and I agree with everything. But my question is is what do we do with children when the enemy's speaking lies into their head and how do we counteract him? Um, like, let's say, example, an eight-year-old, and he's saying mean things to the mother and mean things to the family, and just you can tell uh-huh. it's the enemy. How do how do we deal with that? Like, how do we counteract that? Oh, that's a good yeah. question, and that's very, you know, really with all what we're talking about, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's in the family. It's with the kids. It's what they're believing. What they're so here's what we do. Jesus said, "You're the you're the parent, or you're the believer. You can be yes. the grandma. You can be the mom. Whatever." Jesus said, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. As long as those children are still in your home, they're still under your authority. And when they get a little older, of course, we have another relationship we can talk about in a minute. But when we're, they're in your house and you see the, and you believe in, in the devil, you, you know what he's trying to do. He's trying to indoctrinate them. He's trying to pull them away. He's trying to make them feel bad. He's trying to make them feel not part of the family which then uh, uh, disrupts the whole family. 
and, and and I don't know if this child is saved yet or not. Probably at some point you have accept they have accepted Jesus or they've been led to the Lord. Is that correct? Yes. He's okay, about great. eight years old and he's been led to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And um but like do we speak do we speak to the enemy right in front of the child? Because they're so mm-hmm. young and they don't understand like how how what's the delicate well, balance of making them what you but not thinking. Here's what we do. Has- first of all, first of all, you get before the Lord. This is your child. You have a right to make petition to present his case for freedom and deliverance to the Lord because, of course, Jesus died for him. And Jesus expects you to defend him. You would do that if a thief were in the house, and you'd surely defend your child at that point. So what you do is you go to the Lord, and you say to Jesus, Son of God, Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. You say, Lord, what is the lie that little Johnny is believing? I'll just use that name. So what is the lie that Johnny is believing that causes him to be so, uh, what is it, negative, belligerent, um, down on himself, whatever the, whatever the situation is. What is the lie? And right away, you just say, okay, and I forbid the enemy to block the revelation of Jesus because sometimes the enemy tries to shut down our brain, dis- disconnect it, disassociate. And so you write it down and say, well, the like that comes to your mind or your understanding is Jesus. Remember, God says my people perish for lack of knowledge. God is all for giving you the, the understanding, the information, the knowledge. So you say, um, let's just say the lie that comes to you is that he doesn't feel worthy or he doesn't feel like he's a part of the family or he, he, he feels um, bad. You know? you know, sometimes kids feel bad because something bad happened to them. Sometimes they feel bad because they did something bad. And sometimes they feel bad just because simply the devil is putting tormenting, press, pressing, oppressing thoughts in their minds and hearts. So you don't... So if he's feeling bad and not like he's worthy or good or he's sinned or whatever, it's important to bind that spirit. Then, for example, if you say, if the lie is, I am bad, then you as his mother say, you know what, Lord Jesus, all spiritual warfare boils down to two words. And this is really true. I, it's it's not the the knockdown, drag out exorcisms we think Hollywood puts out. Really, it, it boils down to legalities excuse me so you say lord i bind i cancel out i forbid i cancel out this lie and the spirit behind it that is saying to my son you're no good i forbid you devil i shut your mouth in the name of jesus christ i bind you and at some point as you get the child to work with you you can actually command that spirit to leave Um, most of the time i don't i just bind things until i bind them and i reduce them I, you know, shrink them, bind them so they can't act, they can't speak, they can't do anything. And then when the person is ready, then we just cast them out. Because if you don't wait until that person's ready, then they're not ready to take something in that would be like the Holy Spirit or a, a deeper rev- revelation of Jesus Christ. So you just kind of have a vacancy there, and that can be kind of bad. So you bind it, and then at some point you you can pray this in your prayer closet with the Lord, whatever, and then you, you ask the Holy Spirit to give you an opportunity to be able to share truth with that child. And um, there will be a point in time, you know, there are teachable moments where you just say, God, now let me speak truth to them. And if if they're acting up in the middle of the supper table or whatever they're doing under your breath, you will take authority. I remember one time when our kids were littler and uh, they were all at home at that point and, you know, within that age age range. And um, I was downstairs in the laundry room and I heard the upstairs, they were just going at it with each other. It was just like a ruckus and yelling and carrying on. And 
and they weren't particularly always used to, I mean, they didn't do that often, but I was downstairs and I just said, devil, you get out of this house. You spirit of fighting and conflict and strife and yelling, I forbid you, get out of this house in the name of Jesus Christ. And by the time I got upstairs, which was like maybe three minutes later, it was all quiet. You know, I think wow. we don't understand. We don't understand that. Yeah, sometimes it does. It doesn't work quite that fast. But because I really, when you know that you know what you're doing, and the devil knows that you know it, they back off. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, the devils are particularly assigned to the believers to thwart their life, to frustrate them, to attack them, oppress them, steal from them, and, and just discourage them in every way. Because why? Because they really don't need to do anything with the people who are lost because they like them lost. And so they keep bribing them. They keep them sleeping. They keep giving them their whatever they do to keep them sedated. It's really the believers that are having the, that are the, uh, the blunt of the enemy's attack. Uh, so how, ask another question. Does that make sense to you? It makes total sense. And it's very helpful to hear that. Um, I mm-hmm. just don't understand why it would be one child and just not the other children. Why... One child would would hear the lies and act out more so than any other children. Like, yeah, in the same family. I know. Strong, why would he be chosen as? I mean, it's well, like there, there's there's a couple of reasons. The blood of Jesus, and he's yeah. covered and the believer. So, why? Well, is it here's a couple so of young? possibilities. Yeah, here's a couple oh. of possibilities. Number one, we have a generational bloodlines. We have many things that come through our bloodline. Um, you know, uh, and there's many spirits that are trying to, they have, like I call them permission slips to take, uh, and and so if he's, for example, maybe he's an oldest son or maybe he's the youngest, or maybe there's some, whatever, why he got selected, he probably has a a higher call or at least a very important call in his life. And maybe the devil's just, you know, maybe there's a pattern coming down from if he's got a name that's similar to someone in the bloodline, like an uncle or a you know, a grandfather or something. Now that that child okay. will pick up more of what that other relative went through because there'll be those those familiar spirits use names, they use birth orders, they use personality things to claim. They each want to claim a spot, and they you know, for example, if if your son has a middle name of James and his, his grandfather was named James or had a middle name of James, then the spirit, the familiar spirit that embodies whatever that means, James that one will have priority uh, in, 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 in the pecking order to be able to get in to the next person because he's got the same name. Because the, the demons also are vying for positions in us. And so one yes. child may have a, a higher calling or a different calling. He may have a, you know, be more marked because of his birth order or because of a, another generational situation, name, whatever. And, but the thing is, or he might have had, and, and that always triggers an event. So the enemy will take an experience. It could have been a different kind of a birth. He may have had a more traumatic birth. He may have had a, uh, you know, more, the, the enemy isn't, he is not treat everybody the same, but he tries to mistreat everybody eventually. So, um, and another thing for your son and for all your children, I think really I've dealt with a lot of kids, counseling a lot of kids and um, they're not really afraid when you talk to him about, you know, being naughty and, you know, needing to be good, when you start talking to them about the enemy who lies to them and sets them up and tricks them and tempts them and the way to get out of feeling bad and feeling guilty is to um, mm-hmm. repent, confess it, 
when you confess it, when they confess it or repent or ask for forgiveness, what's happening is where you're canceling out the agreement with that lie that I'm bad. When you say, and yeah. it's okay to blame the devil, really. I mean, he's the one who should be blamed because he started it. You know, right. people aren't looking to be evil or bad or, or do naughty things. It started with the serpent in the garden. It didn't start with Eve. Satan hated her because she had the privilege of eternal salvation and relationship with God that he had lost. And so he was bound and determined to get the kingdom. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. And the other thing for this child, when you realize the areas where they're more sensitive and vulnerable, like in feeling, you know, worthless or not as good as, if there's been a violation, like just to say, I just, Let's just say they've been uh, psychologically abused at school, sexually abused, mistreated. Something's happened to them. Maybe they're shorter, smaller. Maybe they get picked on at school. Whatever it is, as the, you ask the Lord, now, where did my son believe this lie? There's the lie. Second question, where did he believe it? What event? What memory? What is the, where did the enemy come in to get Johnny to agree with this lie? Because Satan has got to get us to agree with the lie. So the Lord will bring you, Mom, back to a place where, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he had that stuff going on on the bus or, or there was this, you know, he had that bad teacher or, you know, I'm wondering if he wasn't, you know, in the babysitter, blah, blah, blah. Whatever God brings to your mind, then you take authority over that lie, that spirit, that feeling of confusion or rejection or whatever. You bind those things by, they're demons. Just name them for what they do. The spirit of rejection, the spirit of fear, the spirit of, and fear is a big one. Fear is the bottom line. If you can't think of anything else, Name it fear, because fear is the bottom yeah. line on everything. And then okay. you that you cancel out, I command the spirit of fear that's lied to my son. You spirit of inferiority, you spirit of a shame. Shame is another liar, a big liar. He says, shame says I'm bad. Guilt says I did something wrong. So how do you figure out what they're saying? Well, just feel the feeling. When you feel guilty, what do you believe? That I, I did something bad, and that therefore I need to be punished. And so your son may be, or I'm not saying it's your son because you didn't even say it was your son, but this child may be feeling I need to be punished because I did something bad. Children are very black and white when they're young, and so the balances need to be reset, and that's reset with discipline. And so when they do something naughty, um, if you just keep overlooking it and coddling it and not dealing with it, they won't understand the distinctions between right and wrong. Uh, and so right. you you say, honey... This is, you know, this is what happened. I know the devil lied to you. We got tricked. You don't, then you can lead them in a prayer too. Uh, Lord, Jesus, forgive me for believing the lie. Jesus, forgive yeah. me for um, believing the lie that the devil used to trick me into hitting my sister or whatever. You know, and, right. and I don't want to do that anymore. So I cancel out agreement with violence or hitting my sister or fighting or whatever. I, and I declare, so you cancel out the agreement with the lie, and you declare the truth. I declare that I was made by you, and you want me to be like you, and I want to be like you, which means I want to be good, of course. So it, those are you'll find, and as you just go on, and, and then, of course, the other thing is build them up in that area. Encourage them with words of praise, and um, be sensitive to the, ch the different children need different things. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I mean, they all need the same thing, but they all have maybe weaknesses in different areas. Yeah. So that's awesome. And um, this is my grandson, and uh -huh. he was adopted um, from Guatemala. We got him at eight months. Okay. And um, so we just, you know, we're just okay. 
you know, well, that's, you that's good. Generational curses and all that, too. I mean, we broke those. So this is all surfacing up, and we're not sure, you know, like we're going to do what you said, well, you know. And well, here's it. another thing. With the, with an adoption, and this is, the, this you know, bloodline children is pretty much what I told you. An adoption, yeah. to understand this, they have two now, two sets of generational inheritances. They have the biological one, and they also have the 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 adopted one. So their their bloodline, the familiar spirits that are coming through the bloodline. Um, for example, almost every child out there has been that's been adopted, unless it's just a name change and they've been part of the family or whatever. But if they're from a, another country, we know we know that they have been abandoned. We know that when a child or anybody is abandoned at that young age. There's there's one thing the devil does. He comes in to become their protector. He comes in as a spirit of control. First there's fear. And then fear is uh, the, the enemy sends a, a response or solution to the fear, and it's called control. And what happens sometimes is there's another spirit, what we would call it the strong man or the, the protector demon, who comes in using the child's name to protect the child from being hurt because he's abandoned and he's alone, and so he's got to find some way to stay safe. So the devil sets him up with a demonic babysitter, so to speak. Does that make sense to you? It it, it makes sense. I'm learning, though. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, there's a lot to learn. But it's but anyway, yeah. so what happens is, well, now that... De- come in and be the father to the fatherless, doesn't Jesus, isn't he the first right? Well, you're you're right, absolutely. So you go back to the Lord and you make your case. You are the you are the father of the fatherless. That's a very good. Yeah. So you're going to present your case before the court of heaven regarding and in behalf of this child. This is what it's all about. Spiritual warfare is all about presenting your case, declaring the truth, canceling out the lie. So that's very good. Now here's what you can do too. You can you can find the spirit that would be you know they're falsely protecting or falsely befriending this grandson. And use the name if you have, this child might have two sets of names. I don't know how old he was when he was adopted. If people have two sets of, no, of names, their, their birth certificate name and then their adopted name, and some parts of those names might be the same. They maybe have kept the same first name, but they changed, the, obviously, the last name. Then I would, right. take the, I would take that original name, if you know what it is, the original birth parents or the original name that this child had on his original birth certificate, and I would bind that spirit that uses that name or any part of that name. That's the strong man Jesus was talking about, the strong man in Matthew 12 uh, and Luke 11. You bind the strong man and you forbid him to continue to lay claim to this child because, as you just said, Jesus Christ has first rights to this child because he is his father. He's the father to the fatherless. And that's what you're declaring this child is going to come into that place of peace and security. Does that make sense? And then... If, if there's this, if there's two sets of names, there can also be another strong man because the strong men are vying for position, right to be in that child based on names and permissions. So it's not fair, obviously, but you know, in the in the second adopted situation, there there are also familiar spirits that now would have access to him. Like say, it's the spirit of poverty. Maybe he's got poverty from the first parents, and maybe he, he's got. Poverty from the second parents, or maybe poverty from the first, and maybe the second set of parents, his adopted parents, have more, um, uh, maybe more of a, I don't know. I'll just use something different. I'll use something like entitlement, or maybe they're, um, 
uh, maybe the first set of parents were hoarders and the second set are, uh, you know, whatever, um, you know, very generous. But the the good things that are in this second family can also, he can also have access to those things, although his biological stuff is going to stay pretty much original. So you can okay. bind the strong men. You make your petitions, come before Jesus. And, you know, I have clients who pray and have me, you know, they work with their children all the time. And there's there's little lies that cause all kinds of things from colic in babies to stomach aches in children to headaches to, you know, can't concentrate. As a matter of fact, I have a CD now. It's called Why Can't I Concentrate? And back to your adopted grandson, you're going to have another set of spirits that are going to be more on the order of deaf and dumb. I can't learn. I don't want to know. This is too painful. So when things are painful... In our lives, we disassociate. The, there's, I don't want to know, I don't want to feel, I don't want to think, I want to, I don't want to be there. That also happens when people are have severe accidents. They, they, they go unconscious, they black out, they, they're not there for a couple of minutes or an hours or whatever, and they disassociate. A lot of times, they can't remember what happened, and at that point of disassociating, they can't remember. Um, then then the enemy can come in with a lie or with a fear or with a, whatever he wants to do to set something up. So disassociating means I don't know. God wants this little boy to be connected, um, to, to be in his right and strong mind so that he can know that he knows what he knows. And he's, um, yeah. does that make sense? Yes, it well, does, and it's very helpful. And I well, appreciate before all. you go, before you go, how, let's just pray for him for a second. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in a prayer because, this will be good for everybody uh, who has kids. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. Well, there's several prayers, and I would encourage you to go to my website, liferecovery.com, and there's stuff on generational curses and how to break them and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, I'm going to, you know, you can confess the sins of his generation, whatever you might think they were. We buy the, why what you see, whether it's abandonment, poverty, sexual perversion, a lot of times in those situations, a lot of times nationalities have their own stereotypical demons. Um, confess them. God, I come before you on behalf of my grandson. Uh, and I'm going to, well, just, just say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. Son of the living God. Son of the living God. I come before you right now. I come before you right now. On behalf of my grandson. On behalf of my grandson. He is the gift he- that you have given. Is the gift that you have given us, and I come to confess the sins. And I come to confess his sins and the iniquities and the iniquity of his generations past. Generations past. I confess the idolatry. I confess the idolatry. The worshiping of demons. The worshiping of demons. The crafting of graven images. The crafting of graven images. The practices of religion. The practice of religion. I confess the perversions. I confess the perversion. I confess the witchcraft. I confess the witchcraft. The anger. The anger. The rage. The rage. The violence. The violence. The murder. The murder. The bloodshed. Bloodshed, the shedding of innocent blood, the shedding of innocent blood, the lying and deception, the lying and deception, the betrayal, 
The betrayal. The rejection of one another. The rejection of one another. Including the abandonment of children. Including the abandonment of children. I declare all of these things. I declare all of these things. To be an abomination. To be an abomination. To the heart of God. The heart of God. And I cancel out. And I cancel out. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. According to your word. According to your word. That whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we bind in earth is bound in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. I declare. I declare. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. And the salvation of Jesus Christ. And the salvation of Jesus Christ. In my grandson's life. In my grandson's life. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And release from our judgment. And release from our judgment. And on his behalf. And on his behalf. All of those who hurt him. All of those who hurt him. Commit crime, committed crimes against him. Have committed crimes against him. I turn those crimes over to you, Lord God. I turn those crimes over to you, Lord God. And the high court of heaven. And the high court of heaven. And I ask that you'd release us. And I ask that you would release us. From the judgments and the accusations. From the judgment and the accusations. Of the evil one. Of the evil one. That you would grant to the people. That you would grant to the people. Who were involved in hurting my grandson. Who are involved in hurting my grandson. Or or creating cr- uh, pain in his life. Or creating pain in his life. That you'd give them a deep and holy revelation. That you would give them a deep and holy revelation. Of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. And that you would restore unto us. And that you would restore unto us. Including my grandson. Including my grandson. The justice. The justice. The joy. The joy. The truth. The truth. The mercy. The mercy. And the ability to receive that mercy. And the ability to receive that mercy. That you would restore unto him his sound mind. That you would restore unto him a sound mind. And that you'd remove the spirit of fear. And that you would remove the spirit of fear. And I come before you to cancel out. And I come before you to cancel out. On his behalf. On his behalf. As the authorized representative. As the authorized representative. Of his generational bloodline. Of his generational bloodline. And his adopted bloodline. And his adopted bloodline. All of the lies. All of the lies. Including, I am bad. Including, I am bad. I can't be good. I can't be good. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. And I'll never make it. And I'll never make it. I command the spirits. I command the spirits. That have tormented him. That have tormented him. Including the ones that would use his name. Including the ones that would use his name. 
to be bound in the name of Jesus Christ. To be bound in the name of Jesus Christ. I render them powerless. I render them powerless. And ineffective. And ineffective. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I delete all of their programming. And I delete all of their programming. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. That Satan has been using. That Satan has been using. To control his mind. To control his mind. His heart. His heart. His will. His will. His soul. His soul. And his body. And his body. And I declare. And I declare. The will of God. The will of God. To rescue and redeem this child. To rest and redeem this child. To rescue him. To rescue him. And bring him into the place. And bring him into the place. Of rich fulfillment. Of rich fulfillment. In the revelation of Jesus Christ. In the revelation of Jesus Christ. To be done. To be done. Amen. Amen. And Father, I agree. You said if two or three agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done. I agree with Teresa that her grandson is released, that those enemies that have worked in him are bound, shut down, rendered powerless and ineffective, ineffective, that your sword, O God, the sword of your word, which is able to separate even to the dividing of bone and marrow, thought, intention, soul, and spirit, would remove these liars from his mind, heart, soul, will, spirit, body, being, past, present, future, thoughts, emotions. I command the protector, demons, the babysitters, the gatekeepers, wardens, and prison guards who would use his name. You are bound. You are rendered exposed by the light of God's truth and ineffective, powerless. And Lord God, I pray that you'd give this little guy strength. He's a mighty man. He's got a mouth that will speak the truth and declare the word of God. That's why he's being yeah. attacked. He has a strong, I, I don't know him, but he has a strong uh, ability to speak. He's, he's pretty, I think he's pretty articulate. If he's not, it's only because he has a deaf and dumb spirit, but he is very articulate. He has a powerful yeah. voice and he's, he's, yeah. an evan- he's an evangelist. He is. He's, you just, yeah. just said it all right there. That's exactly exact, <laughs> it describes him. Yeah, it's well, see, that was, the word of, that was the word from the Lord for you because that was what it is. Well, you know what? I don't know where you live or how close you are, but we uh, would be glad to pray with you on any, I mean, obviously this is a good start, very good start. Um, you can get a lot of this information in our books, um, Setting the Captives Free. Uh, if you go to my website again on the, on the um, liferecovery.com, there's one thing you sh- you really want to do if you got a computer. Go there and look at the YouTube video that's called The Diagram. It's a 25-minute little video I do on explaining how the generational curses come down, how it works with the lies, how the enemy gets in, how what happens when we get saved, and how um, the battle begins actually at that point. So, And, and what we're, we're talking about tonight. So I'm so thankful that you called. What a blessing. Oh, what a blessing it is for us. <laughs> Family, this is an answer to our prayer. Good. And thank well, you, you go tell so yes, yes, and you go tell somebody else about the show and about calling in and checking out the website because um, this is really Teresa. This is what exactly I want to do on this show. I mean, I've oh. talked and talked. I want to help people with their specific problems, and we I do counseling, but this is an opportunity to get it. You know, help a lot of people at one time. So I just appreciate your being so candid and willing to call. Thank you. 
Thank you very, very God. much. Yeah, keep in God touch. You. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Well, that was awesome, and that's exactly what we want to do. But let's take a minute here to listen to Why Can't I Concentrate, which is kind of about that deaf and dumb spirit that's on a lot of our kids these days in the form of many things from attention deficit to autism. So why can't I concentrate? Uh, Let's see. Uh, What was I going to say? Uh, Well, where were we here? So often we find it hard to keep our thoughts focused amid the frenzied pace of our multitasking, multimedia world. So many distractions. Should I empty my mind or should I fill it? And brain fog moves in again and we feel blanked out, blocked out, and scattered every which way. It's a tough way to live. Attention deficit, autism, and Alzheimer's have become epidemic in our modern society. It's an all-out war the enemy is waging for our hearts and minds. Where's the help? Where's the hope? Why Can't I Concentrate is Marjorie Cole's dynamic CD that shows just how the enemy is working to shut down our minds and, most importantly, how we can be free. To place your order for Why Can't I Concentrate, go to liferecovery.com. Again, that's liferecovery.com. Yeah. Well, you know, we really are so sedated, seduced, deceived, numbed out, fogged out, shut down. And, and a lot of our kids, a lot of us adults, are just in every arena, whether it's the food we're eating that the enemy uses to try to dull our senses or the movies, the fantasies, people and kids especially are so easily deceived and sucked into fantasy worlds. And the devil is really, really good at creating them. I mean, Disney, uh, just you name it, sci-fi movies, I mean, everything out there has just been set up to seduce and allure and to lead us away from the, just the truth of God's goodness and the reality of, of the, the eternal life that we're actually living in the spiritual battle we're caught in. So, um, you know, if there's anybody else out there who would like to talk a little bit about something that's on your mind with your children or anything else, again, our number is 347 215 and, you know, as we're kind of looking to that, I'd love to uh, entertain any kind of questions you have. So going back to Hebrews, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels. And it, and it says they are, of course, sent to minister to us. And he's talking about the throne of God uh, forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Jesus Christ has a kingdom. There is going to be a clash of kingdoms coming up right short shortly here. Um and we know who wins, but we know that the enemy is just as bullheaded and stubborn and blinded as he's trying to make everybody else. And he doesn't, maybe hasn't read the last couple of chapters of the book of Revelations. I don't know. But I do know that God is, all, all, God is permitting this. The devil wouldn't get to do anything for 10 seconds if God wasn't permitting it. And you say, well, why does God permit this? Why does God let this horrible pain go on? Because, number one, God is just. And the rule is, you know, God wants us to love him. So God had to give us a free will to not love him, to, to reject him. And so the enemy is trying to capitalize on that, uh, that situation to get as many people as possible to turn against God, to laugh at God, make his love for us a, laugh, a laughing stock, making God a laughing stock, uh, m- uh, mocking him for his love and for his, his, his sacrifice, um, just to make God look stupid, look bad. But God is permitting it because in the end, God knows what he's doing and what is going to happen 
and how to make it right, how to make it fair. He knows who the devil picked on, and he is going to use all of those things to judge and sentence the devil. And by God's grace, also, the spirit that is in us, the Holy Spirit, is greater than the works of darkness. That's why God is permitted, because he, he downloaded the Holy Spirit as his software operating in our spirit. And many times, if we would walk in the spirit as he says we can, not going back and forth between the soul and the spirit, we would have a consistent download of righteousness, peace, and truth and joy. Therefore, in chapter 2, it says, we, um, we, he says, therefore, we must give more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift away. I think this whole battle is more a battle of drifting than anything else right now. It's, it's going to be, you know, all hands on deck soon. But for now, people have been drifting in the complacency of everything is what it is and everything is okay and it's no big deal. And so we don't take heed, we don't hold on to, we don't cherish the truth. Well, we, we, we don't give much mind to it. We don't play, pay any attention. I can't tell you enough. Read the Bible for yourself and read it slowly. Read the words, stop at the commas, consider what he says, ask a question, ask the Holy Spirit, I don't get this. Wow, did you do that? You, you what, Lord? You stood still? When, when Bartimaeus was crying out and the crowds were in frenzy and everybody was making noise, you can imagine on that hot, dusty road on the way to Jerusalem, it's the time of the feast and everybody's hordes of people, scads of people, and Bartimaeus is sitting there on the road. Jesus heard him, stopped, stopped the whole thing. Everybody stopped when Jesus stopped. And they tried to make the guy shut up and be quiet before Jesus got there. But Jesus heard his cry. And do you know what? If, if I don't know for exactly for sure, but that is the last recorded miracle uh, before Jesus went to the cross. Bartimaeus was the last guy, blind-eyed guy that got his sight back before Jesus died on the cross. Now, I'm not saying there weren't many, many, many after that, but I'm saying, what were the chances he's ever going to run into Jesus again? Not so much. But he cried out to God, and he didn't let his hope drift away. As a matter of fact, I believe the Holy Spirit stirred him up to just become insistent. That That's like this little grandmother. She's insistent. She's not going to be lay down and play dead. She's going to get up and go before the throne of grace and say the very most powerful words she said, I think, were, you know, this Jesus is a, this, the father of the fatherless. Go tell God what his word says. Go tell it back to him and see what he does about it. He's not going to push you away and say, Puh, you, you know, you, you take a word, take a verse, go back. You said, God, this is what you promised, God. Look here, God, this is, I found it right here in your word. And you, you say you cannot lie. So I'm going to stand on this word. And God loves that. And the devil hates that. And the devil's going to try to even snatch the word of God out of your mind so you forget what you said. He's going to try to do all kinds of things to play on our emotions and deplete us and sleep deprive us and, and bribe us. He's just, he cheats every way to Sunday. He cheats always. God never cheats. So we must give heed lest these things that we've heard, we drift away and they don't seem that important. He says, if the word that was spoken through the angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received its just reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken to the Lord by the Lord and was confirmed by, to us by those who heard him? So God is saying the first message, the first time he came down, was through prophets and angels. And that brought, you know, shuddering and the commandments. It brought fear of God. 
He says, how are we going to make an excuse that's going to fly in front of God's face when we, if we neglect the salvation that he's given us now? It's amazing. And yet hold on to it. If you're saved, that is the most precious thing you have. And guess what? Nobody can take that away from you. The devil can try to convince you you don't have it. You don't deserve it. You're not going to heaven. Tell him to shut up and go to hell. You can tell the devil to shut up and go to hell. That is appropriate language for him. Does that make sense? What else are you going to tell? Don't argue with him because he's very clever, very shifty, very sly, very slippery. He's like a very high-powered, wicked, you know, there are some very good attorneys out there, but he's like a shifty, sly, diabolical intelligence. You're not going to outwit, outsmart, or out-argue him. You just tell him, no, be quiet. No, I won't. Shut up. And then you talk to Jesus. And let. And if the devil doesn't listen to you, you go. Tell Jesus that the devil's not listening to you and you need some help. So we are, have a precious gift in our salvation. Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. Now, here's the good news. So God spoke the word to us through Jesus. Then God also brought witness both with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So nowadays we have all these, these, these magic tricks that people do to make you think that this is, a, this is God and this is a sign from heaven and all this. But the true, genuine God wonders, signs and wonders and miracles given by God are to confirm his word, his truth, that these things that are being de- done and said are truly from him. And so, of course, there's a lot of counterfeiting going on these days. And as a matter of fact, I think we should listen to another little little uh, commercial about uh, the devil. The, the, we have a couple of various, we talked about him last week. We just need to know that he's real and go for it. Extra, extra, read all about it. God's in trouble. You've just tuned in to EUL, Eternity Uplink, where you are getting all the -the up-to-the-minute information on the biggest news since the flood. The Court of Heaven has been called into a special session to resolve the dispute in the landmark trial between God and Satan. The shock has left the earth spinning. I heard that the battle is over the souls of the humans. The score was never really settled at Eden, and now it's erupted into this. Satan challenging God's right to rule the world. Can you believe it? First Eden, now Earth, where will it stop? Stay tuned for the latest developments as the story unfolds. Or download the latest episodes to your iPod. This is Angel Anchor. And court reporter for EUL. Yeah, God is in trouble for nothing he did. (laughs) But that's because the enemy hates him so much. Well, God on trial is... um, audio dramatization of uh, the, the war, the spiritual war that goes on between God and Satan for the souls of men. As a matter of fact, it would be a great Christmas gift if you can't think of anything else to give someone. It's, um, there's, we have uh, 13, I think, 13 episodes done out of a 26-episode set, but each one is pretty much a, a self-contained story, starting in the garden with um, Adam and Eve and the serpent and God and as a matter of fact, it's it's uh, audio. You know how in the olden days you had the sound effects and all that, and you just listened on your radio, uh, you know, before they had televisions and on your car way, on the way home, whatever. This is, the kids really love this because um, they have such good imagination. So 
That'd be a good idea. You can check that out at www.liferecovery.com. God on trial. And uh, but going back to the word a minute, these the, the thing that is we have to be mindful of is that we, you know, who are we? We've talked about that. We are made. It says um, for uh, let's see, verse five in chapter two of Hebrews, for he God has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. But one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For for in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death, death for everyone. So in this passage, God is putting, showing us our position. He made us a little lower than the angels when Jesus took on his body. He became a little lower than the angels for a time, that he might suffer and die. But actually, we are going to judge the angels. The demons are fallen angels, or the, the devils, whatever, are the fallen angels. But God, is his heart and intention is to give the kingdom to his kids. You know, be he's, Jesus said, um, uh, let's see, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good will to give you, or good intention, to give you the kingdom. And so in the midst of us being just beaten around, from pillar to post by every wind of doctrine and every lie and cunning thing Satan can come up with, God still has an agenda and a, and a plan and a goal too. It is, it's, to, it's to make us, establish us, crowning us with glory and honor to, because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And so when God brings us to that place of, of perfection, glory, and honor, that is also that's a, a, a master craftsman. When he brings his final work to final completion and to perfection, that really tells you a lot about the craftsman, not just the object. But so God has put us, you know, in, in this testing time, this crucible, if you will, to to qualify us, to, to perfect that which concerns us. If you, you have to be tested, you have to, um, our faith, this is being much more precious, the trial of our faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. And so this is a time of testing. If you realize that, it makes the ordeal a little bit more bearable because we can understand there is a purpose for it. It's not just nonsense and crazy insanity. But, you know, in Psalm 8, verse 4 through 6, it kind of the, the psalmist talks about the very same thing. And a lot of times it's very good to go back and do a little cross-checking um, to see what's really being said. He says here, um, let's see, um, let's see, hold on. Psalm 8, verse 4. I'm going to read that to you a little bit before we go tonight. All right, um, when, verse, I'm going to start with verse, uh, verse 2, because we're talking about kids tonight. Out of the mouth of babes and infants, you have ordained strength. See, this is how God's, how strong God is, that he can actually ordain strength, not out of, the, out of giants and out of, you know, Leviathan, but he can ordain it out of babies and infants. You have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy of the avenger and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, notice the stars are made by God's fingers. I mean, that's pretty awesome. The moon and the stars which you have ordained. 
What is man that you are mindful of him? There's that question again. What is man? Who are we? Why are we such a big deal? Why are we the big prize in this war between God and Satan? What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Now, that's a Job question. God, why do you test me every minute? Why do you keep visiting? Why don't you just let me alone? Why, do I, why have I become tar- your target? You know, and we know the story of Job. God had no intentions of hurting Job at any time. But Satan, when God says, have you seen my righteous servant? Of course, Job, Satan had gone up into heaven to you know, dig around a little bit. And God says, where have you been? He says, oh, going to and fro on the earth. And God says, well, have you seen my righteous servant, Job? God was very excited. Because Job was a very righteous man. And the devil, you know, took up the challenge and says, yeah, right. You give him everything. Of course he's going to, you know, you bribe him. You give him everything. He's going to serve you. Well, that's exactly what the devil does. He bribes all his people to shut up and do what he says. I mean, come on, people. Get out of that trap. But anyway, so he says, um, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels. You've crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. All this stuff that we have down here. You know, in the beginning, God said to Adam and Eve, you know, have dominion over the fish of, and the, uh, of the sea and the, and the birds of the air. And, and their, their job was to administrate the earth. And all of the animals were to be under them. Um, you have put all things under his feet, the sheep and the oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, that pass through the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. So God has an intention of qualifying us, just like he did Jesus, to become joint heirs with Christ. This is the ultimate end and goal. Heaven is our goal. But right now, we're down here to be, um, become more aware uh, of who Christ is. The revelation of Jesus Christ is what he wants to make manifest in and through our lives so that we will not be discouraged. And the devil also asks, well, who is man? <laughs> who is man? He's weak. He's nothing. He's, you know, he's a dis- disdainful, horrible, despicable. But, you know what? The devil tells lies. And, of course, we are weak. And that isn't bad. Weakness is not necessarily sin. Just because you need right air temperatures and pressures and you need food to eat does not make you bad just because you're weak. But it does make you vulnerable to the enemy who doesn't, has, has no mercy. So God is intending and has a plan and a, and a purpose for our lives that we will rule and reign with him. He has put all things in subjection under him. And then we see Jesus. I, I used to read this and think, well, he's talking about Jesus. But then he was, then I read it again. I said, wait, wait. He's talking about all this stuff about he put in, all things in subjection under him. He left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. Obviously, we're still in the battle. But we see Jesus. So now he's talking about Jesus. Before, I thought he was talking about Jesus. That was all. But Jesus is the one he's talking about. We are with Jesus, hidden with Christ in God, and that is where we get to be when we're saved. So this is awesome, and this is very good news, and I think with this we can kind of wrap it up for tonight. But if you have any um, interest, prayer requests, questions, you can check us out at liferecovery.com. There's a way you can contact us on there if you have a question. Um, And the Lord willing, we'll be with you again next week. Um, uh, that might be a pre-recorded broadcast. So if you're hoping to call in, please save your questions for the week after because I will be gone out of town. All right. God bless you all and have a wonderful night. Thank you again for calling in. Bye-bye. I have an emergency. What is your location?